Warning, this episode contains foul language, reference to animal abuse and murder, and of course, spoilers for the movie Urban Legend. Podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we sit down with one of our friends and talk about something weird. This week is the second half of our Urban Legends episode. Lauren, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it on the day of recording, and as much of a bummer that was, I still got to sit down with two friends, Pete and Scott. You remember Scott from the Creepy Dolls episode, and Pete did an episode with us on the spooky side of the World Wide Web. Last week, Pete and Scott told us about the urban legends of the fine city of Los Angeles. This week, Scott is starting us off with the legends from his home state of Montana, and I'm going to be telling the tale of the Dogman of Arkansas and a sad violin-playing ghost from Centralia, Illinois. We also chat about what urban legends have evolved into in today's high-tech society. And of course we talk about the movie Urban Legend. Don't you worry. So minor spoilers if you haven't seen it and are planning to. Uh, Real quick, I just wanted to give a huge thank you to the Centralia, Illinois Historical Society. They sent me newspaper clippings and photos and the wonderful people of Centralia for asking around and helping me with some of the hometown lore. All right, enough jib-jab. Join us next week for Reincarnation. Now let's get to the show. And we're back. And we're back. (laughs) I know that you do a Hometown Haunts episode. Yes, we do. I've always been very jealous. So I feel like we have to do a little bit of Montana urban legends and briefly mention some famous haunted locations. Because I feel like haunts kind of go hand in hand with urban legends. Oh, they absolutely do. They absolutely do. So uh, I'm going to first talk about the Crazy Mountains in Montana, which I used to go to a lot when I was a kid. So Are they actually called the Crazy Mountains? They're the Crazy Mountains. Really? Yes. My family is very outdoorsy. I used to go out with my dad every single week when I was a little kid. We would go all over and he would take us to the crazy mountains a lot. And I remember asking my dad, like, why are they called the crazy mountains? And this is an urban legend of Montana that I remember my dad telling me when I was a kid that they are shortened from the name the crazy woman mountains. And according to legend of a crow from the crow tribe a woman went insane after her family was killed in like a like a wagon train oh her family was murdered by indians and she ran up in the mountains and went crazy that'll do it well 
she went crazy like she lived up there and she was like known as the crazy lady of the she mountains. She was known as the crazy lady of, uh, of the mountains and what? she lived my in dream the crazy life. mountains, right? <laughs> so this was a story that I was always obsessed with and the mountains themselves have very like mystical powers for the crow tribe and they're, they have said to have very metaphysical powers with them and uh-huh. being very unpredictable. And was it's said to be a place for vision quests, too. And even enemies of the crow, when they would chase them up in the mountains, they would stay clear of the crazy mountains due to their mysterious stories behind them. Interesting. And others claim that the name the crazy mountains are because they kind of pop up in the middle of nowhere. They're not really associated with the Rockies. They kind of are just there. And when you drive past them, when you're driving from Bozeman to Lewistown, which where I'm from... They are just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. They just, they're crazy. They show up they're in the crazy. middle of nowhere. They're real, oh, they're wacky. Mountains. So that's the crazy mountains. There's not too many s- stories. Like specific stories. Specific about stories them. behind them. It's pretty much the crazy mountains. And there's a big plaque on like one of the turnouts right when you're going to go up to the mountains that tells the story of this woman. So she was a real woman? It said that she's a real person. Oh. I mean, the, f- the the Forest Service put up this this plaque that, Says this legend. Is that the plaque? Yeah. It's, oh, wow. There's the plaque right there. Read the crazy it. mountains. The crazy mountains, which you can see, they're far more rugged and beautiful. She was found near these mountains. So that's so all I don't know says. if she was brought into the loony bin <laughs> from the mountains. I like to think that she's still there, like some Sleepy Hollow shit. Like oh, old like yeah. She lives yeah. in like a cave. Yes, yeah. and like, like tells your future. It's like yeah. Miranda Richardson with like a with like a big like shawl over her face. <laughs> Miranda Richardson, a shawl over her face. Her <laughs> eyeballs pop out. Yep, which is foretelling your future. Yes, that is my fucking dream life. I mean, I don't even need to be like an actual witch. I just want people to think. Oh I yeah, am. I just want people to be like afraid of me when I'm old. Yeah, mm-hmm. just don't go to that lady's and house. And I remember always yeah. when I would go camping up in the in the crazies, I would always <laughs> just want to. Is the movie hear... The Crazies about it? No, it's not. Just kidding. Uh, I always want to hear like like it. a cackling in the middle of the night. Uh, like I heard in my high school, but it never happened though. Disembodied laughter. Maybe I should just start saying it did happen. Yeah, you just should. create my own urban legend. <laughs> yeah. All right. So other big Montana urban legends are the Flathead Lake Monsters. You've been talking about the Flathead Lake Monsters since been talking I met about you. The Lake <laughs> I want him to get some love from the Keep It Weird podcast. And finally, <laughs> now is his time. Now is his chance. According to a legend, the first native tribe in the area of Flathead lived on island in the middle of the lake. One winter while crossing the frozen lake to move camp, two native girls saw antlers approximately two feet in length protruding through the frozen ice. Antlers. 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 Thinking the antlers belonged to some animal, the girls decide to chop them off and take them. They used sharp edged rocks to cut through the ice when the antlers suddenly started shaking. The ice surrounding them split open and the head of the monster appeared through the ice shaking its giant antlers. The girls used their powers to transform into a ball and a buckskin target to escape the monster. Wait, the girls had powers Wait, too? Wait, they had powers too? It's a native legend, guys. Right, oh, okay, okay, that's true. But <laughs> half of the tribe drowned in the lake, so I guess he must have taken on the whole the whole tribe. Yeah, he was pissed. He was pissed. Don't try and cut off my Which is said horns. to be the reason why there are so few Kootenai people. Interesting, Interesting because yep. they all drowned in Flathead Lake? I guess so. 
the narrative holds that the Kootenai never strayed far from the lake shore after that, and white settlers later reported occasionally seeing the monster. Interesting. Well, and the thing is, too, when you look at Native American legends when it comes to their wildlife and their monsters and stuff, even the Piasaw bird, the Thunderbird, it's like head of a lion, body of a dragon, right. claws mm-hmm. of a uh, jackal, and like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like they they didn't quite know how to describe what they were seeing yeah. sometimes. So yeah. it could have just been a, a real big catfish. Yeah, you know totally. what I mean with like True. the, oh, yeah. the um, you know how they have the those little... like uh, whiskers almost, yeah. but the and we'll get into that. Oh, when, yes. when the legend continues. Ooh. So it was supposedly <laughs> first reported on the books in 1889, which is the year Montana became a state. Thanks, Hello. Montana history Hello. lesson by Captain hey. James C. Kerr of the Lake James T. T. Kirk? Kirk. James T. Kerr, <laughs> Kerr, not Kirk, of the. Lake Steamboat, the USS Grant, who claimed he and a hundred of his passengers saw an unusually large whale-like object in the water. According to the story, one of the passengers on the steam shot the creature and sent it diving for safety. And this is something that whenever I would do research, I always found the story. So it's very much... It's become its own urban legend. I don't know if it actually happened. The 1889 one. But it's always Mm -hmm. talked about. Interesting. So sightings have been pretty steady throughout the decades. And in 1993 was a big year for the Flathead Lake Monster Mm. as there was some 13 sightings. Whoa. I don't know if tourism was a a low year for Flathead Lake. Yeah. When, what was this, 1993? 1993. Everyone was getting ready for Y2K. It was like yeah. the last decade on Earth. <laughs> time to time to vacay. And it said you know? that throughout all these decades, there had been numerous sightings of a creature in the lake. And the monster is usually described as a large eel-shaped creature, uh, round with a wavy body like a snake, 20 to 40 feet long, having Oof. brownish to bluish black skin, in grayish black eyes. It is often described as looking like a whale or a giant sturgeon. I think realistically it's probably a sturgeon because paddlefish. Yeah. I mean, paddlefish look crazy. Absolutely. So, I mean, you could absolutely mistake one as a sea monster if you saw it in the water. Yeah. So that could be the origin of the Flathead Lake monster if you're being realistic about it. uh Uh-huh. Um, just also a leather, uh, another few facts about the lake. The Flathead Lake is gigantic, and it has a max depth of 371 feet. Holy cow. Oh, and my is God. one of the cleanest lakes in the populated world for its size and type. Yeah, and it's, it's beautiful. And you said it's really clear, right? It's very, very clear. So even if something was like 20 feet below water, you might be able to catch a glimpse of it at Possibly. least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was doing research recently. F- I I believe it was when uh a couple episodes ago when I was doing Iowa. One of the stories that I was reading was about a an enormous catfish. <laughs> oh, you know what? No, it was for this episode. It was Urban Legends. Oh. I, don't, I don't remember <laughs> where it took place, but they were diving in this lake, and they were diving near an old reservoir. And because of the reservoir, because of the way that the, the water cycled through it and everything, mm-hmm. the catfish were able to grow like abnormally large. I love abnormally. It. So at one point, one of the divers were next to what they thought was like a very large mossy rock. Oh, shit. 
and then it started <laughs> swimming. Turns out that's oh, a giant fish. And it was an enormous, it was like, you know, the size of four or five people. Yeah. That it was huge. Isn't there a show on like the Discovery Channel, like uh River Monsters? River Monsters. River Monsters? Yep. Fuck River Monsters. <laughs> Fuck that show. Like <laughs> I big, don't want to know about that stuff. Like the movie Let me fish. live in peace. That it big, is like a yeah, it's just like fish a movie, big wedding fish. Ring. Big catfish. So that's the Flathead Lake Monster. I'd like to see the Flathead Lake Monster have a big comeback in Montana because he's had it's been all dormant recently. There hasn't been any breaking news on him. Mm-hmm. I'd like to actually it's have him like have a years. name. Right. Like Sam. Or, or like he's a cool name. We could Wallace. call him James T. Kirk. Hey. Oh yeah. After the James man T. that Kirk. found him. Yeah. Kerr. <laughs> James T. Kerr. <laughs> Um, I wanted to talk about a few other, just kind of very briefly, a little uh, greatest hits of Montana urban legend yes, that please. I was doing research on. There is a big prison in Montana that's said to be haunted, the Montana Territorial State Prison. The hauntings of the battlefields of Little Bighorn, which routinely has ghost sightings. Yes. That's in Montana? Yeah. So Custer's Last Stand. <laughs> Good to know. Didn't quite, didn't, didn't quite work out for old Custer. No. They got their ass handed to them there. Yeah. And it's known Legend to be one of it. the one of the last big standoffs with uh Native Americans with um with Well, uh, I'll be damned if a little bit of a little bit of the little bit of a little bit of a little of Black Forest Lake. Mm. Um, Hitchhikers are a big urban legend is picking up a phantom hitchhiker. Yes, of you course. You see that a lot. Very creep show. And this one is off Thanks highway. Thanks for the ride, lady. <laughs> Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride. Uh, this one is off <laughs> Highway 87 outside of Great Falls, Montana in Cascade County. And you may come into contact with a phantom, with a phantom hitchhiker where a man has re- been reported as they drive down the stretch of road and the man's body suddenly appears on their windshield oh, as what? if he had been hit. Oh, jeez. Very oh, thanks for the ride, ladies. Then he vanishes without leaving a scratch on the car. And I used to drive uh, this stretch of road all the time when I would drive to Missoula. And did you ever, did you ever hit a guy? I did never hit a guy. I never <laughs> ran into the phantom hitchhiker. <laughs> oh, I wish I did, though. It would be a good story. That would be a good story. That's terrifying because yeah. most of the time it's like, oh, I saw her on the side of the road and then when I decided to go back, she was gone or like... The Civil War wife. Yes, or yes, the Civil War bride. <laughs> there's even coming one. Your car. <laughs> there's even one where it's like uh, I picked up this woman and she was being really weird and she was quiet. And mm-hmm. at one point, like I looked over in the back seat and she was gone. Sure. But I've never heard and like it wasn't a you fucking at hit all. the guy. <laughs> so the figure is often described whole as a Native American man with long black hair, wearing a jacket and jeans. Many oh believe God. he's the ghost of a. Uh, of a Native American man who was struck by a vehicle long ago. Basically, your whole portion on Montana is creep show too. Yeah, because you've got a Native you American. Got- <laughs> you've got thanks for the ride, lady. And you and got you have a lake. lake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Do you know I hadn't seen Creepshow two until like a year ago. I showed him well, Creepshow two, and he was like, "I never grew up on it." Thank that was you, weird. because <laughs> what the guy a in the speedo was very, very cute. Yes, very he was. He was a jerk, though. He was so mean. He was not a nice guy. <laughs> what was your favorite out of the three, or four, if you count the kid with the with the, the Venus flytrap fly <laughs> seeds? I think the most memorable one is the 
is the hitchhiker one. Is yeah, the thing thanks for the, for ride, the ride lady. lady. Yeah. I've always I love, the I thing love is the lady's backstory that she's yes, having. Yes, she's affair. like having an affair. It's very Stephen King. Yes, it is, and it is Stephen King. Yeah, I have always wanted to go as that hitchhiker, but I can't do blackface because, like, <gasps> oh, I can't yeah. do blackface yeah. because that's wrong. But and I don't think anyone would know who I am you could if just I be all did. Mangled. If you have the sign if that I was says Dover, Dover, yeah, people will know. That's I would true. know. You would know. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll Dover do it. Dover and a mangled face and a yellow rain slicker. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for the ride, yeah. lady. <laughs> oh, and does anyone like the first story though? The with the scalping, the scalping, and, and the, the yeah. Trip is that the one with the old couple? And yeah. Like the, yeah, and they like steal all the. I would always the fast turquoise. forward that one when I was that a kid. That was just really depressing. Just, it was really depressing. All the turquoise, yeah, yeah, the turquoise. <laughs> and the, yeah, the I, would, I would go lore. straight to the the lake. Oh, I would monster. go straight to the lake. I thought the lake <laughs> when I was little, the lake was my favorite. Yeah, and as an adult, uh, the, the hitchhiker, hitchhiker is my favorite. For sure. So for anyone who's listening who hasn't seen this, sorry. <laughs> Go rent Creep Show Two. Go it's rent on Creep Show Amazon Two Prime for four ninety nine. I believe. <laughs> I think. I believe I it's think on Creep Show's Shutter. Coming back too. It is. It's coming back to to Shutter. Actually, oh, okay. they're making a new series. The only problem is, you know, it's not George Romero and Stephen King. Oh, that's an issue. But you can also, have pick up the torch for them. Though. You can, yeah. Um, they're also going to be all original stories. Okay, that's cool. And the you know Creep Show and Creep Show Two were all Stephen King short stories. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so the, we'll see. And the Creep Show guy was pete's mascot so the, yes the creep yeah. was the creep yeah he was the phantom it was tom savini <laughs> makeup genius tom savini uh he's the guy who did the makeup effects and he's the, the actual actor that's the creep when there's like live really? action portions yeah well you know he's doing uh he works on walking dead now okay yeah he does yeah and he's doing creep the new creep show oh that's great yeah okay. so that's awesome All so right, we'll get I'm some good yeah. practical effects out yeah, of it cool. and makeup yeah i think that does it for montana I mean, what else is in Montana besides you? I mean, there's like a hundred people that live in the whole state, so I think we covered everything. Yeah, <laughs> we've covered the whole <laughs> um, history. Of I Montana. would, I would recommend if you're ever in Montana, notable sites. Go to Butte. Butte's a very unusual, weird town. Butte's like it's an, an old, old mining very town farm, like that. Back in the day, supposedly it was one of the biggest towns in the West, and once the boom went out of mining, everyone abandoned it hit the road wow. and there's yeah. a giant pit in butte that's like something out of a simpsons episode there's it's a, a pit. giant pit there's a pit is it like a sinkhole it's it's like a mining pit. it's an old mine it's an oh. old mine and it's literally a if giant you throw something in it does it disappear i wish they didn't but let us birds do land in the pit and they get stuck they they, they die oh why because it's like take it out it's it's like pretty bad water yeah. Oh. Like boil them. <laughs> boil some. Go alive. visit the pit in Butte, everybody. So, anyways, everyone should <laughs> visit Butte. There's a giant the, hole. The, the, the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> Birds die in there. <laughs> Go up to Flathead Lake. So, okay. Well, what about this? Just real quick, off topic. Have you driven to Vegas from LA? Yeah. Okay. So it's a right, bef- right before it's a nightmare. It's terrible. Right before you get to State Line. Off to uh, oh, I know you're going to talk about, which is the north. Uh-huh. There is it's like a solar electricity plant or something. Okay, and there are these huge towers yes, at I the top of the towers. Uh-huh. There's these crazy lights that reflect off the off the towers. Right, uh-huh. it's a it's a solar plant. It's it's an energy collector, but the lights that reflect off these towers are so eerie because 
They're uh, in the middle of nowhere. They're in the middle of the desert, and these towers are sticking out of the ground, and the, and there is a crazy light emanating from these towers during the day. It's so weird and hard to explain, but birds will get fried, like fried chicken, KFC, like flying through them. <laughs> From the lights reflecting off? It's like laser beam, Dr. Evil (laughs) style laser beam. And it is killing birds that fly in the air. We always think that's the, that's like a portal to like an alternate dimension. To the under, to the upside down. Those crazy lights. I'm like something over there. That is like you drive your car at 80 miles per hour through that perimeter and mm-hmm. you will go backwards and they're time. frying the birds and then they're taking the bodies and feeding it to whatever they have there you go to the monster up. from the uh, from the upside down exactly see i thought that you were going to talk about the water the abandoned water slide part there also is there an abandoned also, water i know have what you you're talking that? about <laughs> yes it's really strange they like, went there tear on, it down. on one of the jackass movies. most of the slides are gone now yeah yeah it's all but graffiti. like take it away yeah <laughs> um so i have two First, I'm going to talk about this one I just found. This urban legend comes from Arkansas, which I've never been. Has anyone been to Arkansas? No. No. We're going on our road trip to Arkansas. Right now, right after we hang up. Yep. Wait, are we really? Are, we're like, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're progressively going yes. across America now. Oh, our road okay. trip through I thought Arkansas. you meant like as no. soon as we're done recording, we're driving to Back Arkansas. In the car. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I could get some time off. I got a neck wanna... pillow. <laughs> I got a neck pillow. Shotgun. Um. The legend has it that if you find yourself at 65 Mulberry Street in the middle of the tiny Arkansas town of Quitman, you may see the hulking outline of a 300-pound half-man, half-beast, complete with glowing animal eyes glaring out of the windows. Walk quickly as he has been known to chase people down his street, biting at their heels. What? Because he is the dogman of Arkansas. What? Supposedly, there's a sighting of the dogman every six or so months, and they think it has to do with the rotation of the earth, the cycles of the moon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, dogman of Arkansas, literal half man, half dog that's on <laughs> Mulberry Street. <laughs> Crazy town. But the true story behind this legend oh, no. is bonkers. <laughs> so, it's actually really tragic. Sorry about it. 300 um, pound half man, half dog. Yes. I don't like it. I don't like where this no, is going. Just wait. Nowhere good. Nowhere good. <laughs> even if we were going into the fantastical. So, first of all, Quitman is a pretty haunted city, according to like the locals. The town is older than almost any community in north central Arkansas. Um, and during the Civil War, it was a popular place for men to enlist in the army. So there was yeah. a lot of suffering at the sure. time because this was World War One, like oh, it's a Civil War, World War One, that era. Until 1870, Quitman was a major trading center, an important crossroads. It was like a halfway point for tr- people traveling from several places. So it was a hub. Sure. And during that time that Quitman was becoming a uh, place on planet earth one of the finer and larger homes was built in 1890 it was at 65 mulberry street and it was known as the garrett house because the people who built it were the garrett's but the garrett's didn't live there the first family that lived in the home was benjamin jackson and his wife who died when she was 28 years old their son joseph was born in 1898 served in world war one and died at 21 okay So, obviously, there was a lot of pain and suffering from loss in that house. 
uh, right after it was built. And supposedly Jackson's ghost has been seen there several times on the property. But in more recent years, the Garrett house has been notorious for its connection to a different family and is now known as the Bettis house. Floyd and Aline Bettis moved into the house in the early 1950s. The couple was childless for many years, but in 1954, they finally had a son named Gerald. Apparently, he was a difficult child from like the very beginning. Mm, uh, his parents, he was a bad seed. and Because you know, he was half dog. Because he was half dog. <laughs> but I feel like he's an only child born late, like born as to an older couple. Life, baby, he was yeah. known as kind of a brat. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was also known as he was always getting trouble at sc- in trouble at school, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. He was also very vicious and cruel. Apparently, he developed some really unusual habits early on, um, more than just like pulling on girls pigtails and sure. stuff. He would collect stray cats and dogs. Oh, no. And actually, he collected so many of them, the town started calling him Dog Boy. Okay. So he would catch stray animals, and uh, according to the neighbors who said they could hear them howling and screaming, uh, he wouldn't just own them as pets. He would kill them. He would torture these animals. He would kill these animals. On top of already being a budding psychopath, he was also <laughs> bullied in school. Uh, he was picked on a lot. By the time we, he was an adult, though, he was six foot four and almost three hundred pounds. Oh, jeez! Oh and boy! That's even more evil. So apparently, in his older life, he imprisoned his own parents on the second story of the house. This is all true. This isn't the legend. Oh, the legend man. is Dog Man. This sure. is at what this actually is not- happened. Okay, go on. He imprisoned his parents. What, what what time frame are we talking here? This was so 1954 was when he was born, and okay. this was when he was. So this and is, it just says an adult. So, so this, this is was like the 70s. The 70s. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! So there's a clear record of this. Wow. I think this was actually the late 70s. I think he was like 23 or 24. Yeah, that would be the late 70s. So he imprisoned his own parents on the second story of his house. Oh my god. He would feed them when he felt like it or when he felt like it was time for them to eat. Apparently, at one point, he beat up his father and threw him out of an upstairs window. And his father was in his 70s at the time and literally hung on and was hanging from the house until the cops came to help him down. What the fuck? Oh, my God. He and then uh, apparently Floyd Bettis, his father, died in 1981 after an illness at his home. But others say he was found at the bottom of the stairs, supposedly with a broken neck. One of the locals said, quote, after his father died, he would dress his mother up in dresses and sit her out on the porch. I'm not sure if he thought she was his girlfriend. Oh, no. So Gerald was not all there. In 1983, Aline Bettis fell and broke her hip, requiring a trip to the hospital. A retired nurse witnessed Gerald slapping her around and telling her that he was going to have her arrested if she told anyone what happened. Not long after this, she was placed in adult protective services and removed from the home permanently. Thank God. Uh, And she got to live like another like 20 years. She lived a very long life after she left Gerald. But soon after this, Gerald built a sunroom on the back of the house. He sold plants that he grew out there, including marijuana. And he ended up getting arrested based on the drugs and the treatment of his mother. And he ended up going to prison in the late 80s. He died of a drug overdose at age 34 in 1988. Now, 
one of the neighbors actually at the time was quoted as saying, I was afraid of Gerald. If you ever saw his eyes, they almost seemed to glow at night. What? Oh. <laughs> Yoinks. After Aline died in 95, the house was passed on to the niece of a neighbor. Uh, there was an estate sale, and eventually the house was sold to a truck driver named Tony Weaver and his wife. However, they had to contact Karen Schillings, the founder of the Central Arkansas Society for Paranormal Research, uh, getting some real conjuring vibes with this truck driver yeah. dad and this paranormal researcher yeah. coming in. The family claimed they would turn off all the lights before leaving to go to work uh, like a night shift and come back to all the lights back on. One time, pennies reportedly floated down the stairwell from the upstairs part of the house, and then they all dropped at the same time right in front of okay. the witnesses. One night, Tony Weaver said he was working on the house and saw a man looking through the foyer into the living room, Ew. standing very still. Ew. He said he looked like a World War One soldier, what? complete with a helmet, which would, you know, a World War One oh, soldier man. died. I don't know yeah. if he died in the house, but he was his family was living in the house at the time sure. of his death. He said he was completely solid. He wasn't transparent at all. Tony watched him stand still. And as he walked into the living room, he ran after him, but no one was in there. They had only lived there six months before they contacted paranormal investigators to come help them. They moved out, and in 2003, another couple lived there. They claimed the toilet would flush on its own, and at one point, the husband, Quentin, was working on the house. He was out on the phone uh, on the porch with his wife when he heard a crash from upstairs. He checked it out, and the pile of two-by-fours he had left on the floor were now standing up straight what? in the room. They only lived there for four months. Oh, Tony Weaver, the truck driver, still owns the Betta's house and continues to show the home to prospective buyers, but has very little success. And not because they know the history of the house, per se. They actually, well, I'll tell you some stories, but he actually, his one of his stories was that he said once that he placed a new pair of sunglasses and a prescription medication on the table. Both of them disappeared within the time he was alone in the house. He never found them again. <laughs> He was the only one in there. He said that if you bring someone in the house that the spirits don't like, you'll feel chills and your hair will stand on end. He has some interesting interactions with the people he's giving. He's given like tours to uh, without knowing the history of the house. One woman had a daughter who hated the house because she felt so sad inside. Another couple said a recliner in the home flipped back on its own like something was sitting in it. Another guy brought his dog with him, but the animal refused to go inside. And they did what no one has ever done in a horror movie ever. They left. They got the fuck out. <laughs> they did not live in the house, despite the dog being spooked. Cold spots, the feeling of being watched, seeing glimpses of ghosts in the windows. This place has it all. Oh if you're God. looking for 65 Mulberry Lane. Uh, the paranormal investigators experienced 10 to 15 degree differences in their moving cold spots. Wow. The sound of walking, slamming doors, orbs, strange flashing lights. Uh, they tracked an entity through the kitchen area where one of the team members claimed that it felt like someone pushed him. Uh, they also got uh, brought a medium in who got in touch with what seemed to be the spirit of Gerald Bettis, who cursed at them and yeah. told them to get out of his house. Yeah. And possibly one of the scariest paranormal happenings in the house, several people have reported the feeling of being pushed. Most of those reports happen when they are at or near the top of the stairs. Uh. 
which would make sense if Gerald if did kill his father his that way. And if that's how he broke his mom's hip, she never spoke of like how exactly she fell and broke her hip. Yeah. So I just, the reason I chose that one is I love the evolution of things that actually yeah. happened because like everyone knows it's haunted or believes it's haunted, but the sightings of like the vicious dog man on the street guarding the house you know the fact that his nickname growing up was dog man yeah, around the yeah. neighborhood because he like tortured animals and oh, and the neighbor that claimed that his eyes glowed at night or whatever so it's like the question is like is it all an urban legend surrounding the dog man or when gerald died did his evilness turn into this like dog like entity that like yeah. people have actually seen i don't know the answer to that question but I just love the evolution of that strange wow. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much just in that one house. They need to tear that house down. They should just tear it down. Just, they should just start over. Just put a Wendy's there. Put a Wendy's there. <laughs> You'll see. Everyone's gonna go to Wendy's. Every town needs another Wendy's. Don't go to. <laughs> don't put enough. a Burger King there, though. Did you see recently no. that Burger Kings across the United States play on their TVs inside? They play Fox News. Really? Yep. They have the long chicken sandwich, though. <laughs> they well, do have that long chicken they sandwich. They do have a very long chicken sandwich. That's a really, really also, good Also, do you sandwich. remember their chicken fries? Yes. Those yeah. are weird. I don't eat meat anymore, but boy, oh boy, did I eat a, a good <laughs> amount chicken of chicken fry. fries in my life. <laughs> okay, so I have one more. This one's actually okay. from my hometown okay. in southern Illinois, Centralia, Illinois. One of our absolute biggest urban legends is that of Violin Annie. So there's a cemetery, uh, Elmwood Cemetery, and inside, right around the cul-de-sac area, there's an extraordinarily creepy statue of a small girl holding a violin. What? It's definitely our most famous haunting in my hometown. It's usually featured in books like Haunted Illinois or Haunted Midwest. Like if you look up like hauntings in Illinois, she's like one of the top ones that pop up. Every person who lives or has lived in Centralia knows about her. Uh, When I was little, like my mom and aunt would drive me through the cemetery to see her because I've always been weird. (laughs) And uh, I remember one night my mom took me and my sister out there and she pulled up right outside of her grave and stopped the car and rolled down the window and like she like hey my mom actually <laughs> my actually my mom actually like pretended that this car wouldn't start again my mom was the best so the reason she did that was that the legend goes that if you visit her late at night you can actually hear a faint violin, violin playing oh i love that shit now it That's sounds great. crazy but i heard this ah. once and i didn't even know that i was in that cemetery so when I was in, so my mom used to take me when I was little, but like I didn't drive the car. I didn't yeah, know where the so fuck we were. were. We could have been in like Tennessee for all I knew yeah. to visit this grave. So when I was in junior college, um, one of my friends, and I went to junior college in Centralia. One of my friends had asked me, it was the anniversary of her father's death. He had died two years before, I believe. Mm. And they had a pretty strained relationship. And she actually asked if I would go with her to her dad's grave and i said of course i will uh i'll drive you blah 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 so she basically you know just gave me directions on where she gave me the address i put it in my my garmin or whatever the fuck (laughs) i had and we went and we pull in and uh i parked the car and she's you know kneeling or sitting by the grave and she's kind of like talking to her dad and i'm just standing like 
five feet away. We weren't like best friends, so I wasn't like I didn't like have my arm around her. I was standing like sure. five feet away, just kind of being respectful. And I hear a violin playing. No, you did not. I swear you to you, I not. did. <laughs> and I was literally, I was like, I didn't know where I was. Hey, so I f- at first was like, wow, this is really nice music. And I thought there was a funeral. Yeah. But it was like dusk. It was like, it wasn't nighttime yet, but it was definitely fall 5 p.m. Yeah. So the sun was going down and it was very cold because this is Illinois fall. Yeah. It was very crisp, very cold. So I'm looking around trying to figure out who's playing a violin. I really yeah. thought it was a funeral or once I realized it's too cold, too dark to be I a funeral. I picture it being the song, the the little ditty that the blind man is playing in Frankenstein. <laughs> Do you guys or know like, what this is? <laughs> no. Like, oh, what was the ditty? I'm thinking of Swan Lake. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. Don't. Oh, I don't know if I hear Paul, it. Oh, um, that's Rucker Paul Howard, Rubin. Rucker yes. Howard plays it in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In Buffy Slayer. the Vampire okay. Slayer, the movie. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. That's hilarious. No, it was a very sweet, like, I don't know. I don't even remember because it wasn't, yeah. I didn't pay any attention to it. I just yeah. thought it was a nice person you playing a violin. And, like, okay. and I started scanning and I, I remember, like, leaves were blowing around and it was, like, at the time, not scary because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But anyways. I was sitting there trying to figure out where this music's coming from. And all of a sudden, my friend was like, are you listening? Or she said, did you hear me? Or something like that. Something to like get my attention. Yeah. I was like, what? And and she was like, I'm ready. Or she she thanked me for like taking her out there. And she was like, we can go whenever you want. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm totally fine. I was like, do you hear that? Yeah. And she said, no. And I was like, listen. And we sat there. I'm not kidding. For like 10 minutes. Didn't hear anything else. But I was like, I swear I heard music. And she was like, I didn't hear anything. Yeah. And so we were getting in the car to leave. And that's when I saw the Elmwood Cemetery sign. And I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I think this is where Violent Annie is. I swear to you. And I told her the whole story. And she was like freaking out. Anyway, so we're driving around. I didn't know where she was in the cemetery. But we're driving around the cemetery, driving around the cemetery. And we finally like come up on her. And the best part about this story was I showed her violin Annie and there was a lit jack-o'-lantern on her grave. <gasps> and it was the most Halloween shit that's <laughs> ever happened to me. I love it so much. Because the thing is, violin Annie is known by everyone in my town. Yeah. And people leave stuff on her grave sure. all the time. I'll show you a picture actually in a second that shows you like I was out there when I went home in May. I went by Vi- my mom and I went by violin Annie and someone had left decorations on her grave. Like oh, people wow. leave stuff out there all the time. So anyways, that's my violin Annie story. I 100% heard her violin wow. and I didn't even know I was in that cemetery. So that's the legend that you can hear a violin playing at night. Some legends say it has to be a full moon. Some legends say it has to be on her birthday or the anniversary of her death or Halloween night, etc., yeah. etc. Some people actually say that the bow of her violin is actually hollow, and when the wind blows, it makes a whistling-type sound that sounds like a violin. I believe, though, that that's been debunked, but I can't find anything in writing that says it has been, so maybe it has been. So according to the legend, well, there are two stories. One is more tragic, and one is super frightening. So the scary one is that her father killed her, 
according to legend, he beat her with her violin. Oh. And her violin was never found, oh, question no. mark? I don't know. And that her body, he hid her body in the walls of his house. Oh. And she wasn't found until he died and there was an estate sale at his house. The smell became stronger and stronger as people bought all of his things, including an oil painting of his daughter with her violin and the instrument itself. They found her in the walls and the town constructed the statue as an apology to a little girl who everyone forgot. She haunts the cemetery seeking to revenge the town for not even looking for her. And if you get too close to her violin music, she'll possess you so (sighs) she can actually live a full life. Oh, no. That's legend number one. Another one I've heard is that she died of diphtheria or I've also heard a carriage accident and her father spiraled out of control, completely lost his mind, spent every penny he had to pay for the statue dedicated to her lost life, had weird encryptions written on the headstone, became an alcoholic, was shunned from the rest of the town and eventually got drunk and went out to see his daughter and put a curse on the entire town of Centralia. Uh, And then either Annie is in the cemetery to exact revenge, or in some cases, Annie is in the cemetery playing her violin to keep evil cursed spirits from leaving the cemetery because she knows the town had nothing to do with the tragedy that befell her family. Well, the actual story is really tragic, but it doesn't involve curses or axe murders. That I know of. Boo. You never know. This was a while ago. So Violin Annie is actually Annie Marshall. She was born in Centralia on September 7th, 1879 to her parents, Dr. Winfield Scott Marshall and Eoline, <laughs> Eoline Stoker Marshall. At the time of her birth, she had a four-year-old brother named Edward Bennett, but everyone called him E.B., Apparently, she was an extremely intelligent little girl and very talented violinist. And according to written accounts of her, she may have even been like a child prodigy. Um, records show the first time she picked up the violin was age three. But that could be an error of some kind because those records are old as shit. An unrecorded illness took her life on September 30th, 1890, when she was only 11 years old. Apparently, a ton of people in the community came to the funeral They really rallied in support of the Marshalls. There's no record of any photographs of Annie that exist, but the Marshall family preserved their daughter's image both in the marble statue and on canvas. A large eight-foot tall oil painting was commissioned in 1891. The large oil painting, as well as a violin case, which belonged to Annie, stayed with E.B.'s son, Albert, so violin Annie's nephew, until his death in 1993. Then they were bought by a local antique dealer named Jeff, who restored the painting and still has it today. Uh, But he lives in Nashville, Illinois, not Centralia. There's no record of when the statue of Annie was made. All that people know that is uh, about it is that one local newspaper clipping around the time stated it was, quote, one of the most notable statues of its kind, which has attracted widespread attention. It also said the statue was sculpted out of Italian marble. Fashioned by the best sculptors of Italy, which is insane. Yeah, what? That would be crazy expensive. Super expensive. But her father was a noted, like, notable doctor. So one of the encryptions reads, and listen to this, because this is absolutely crazy. I have to to search a picture of this. Oh, do (laughs) it. Violin Annie. She's very spooky. This is what it says on her grave. 
Earth has no charm that death will not destroy. What? Which is attributed to her father. Her father was the one that put that on there. The statue pays tribute to her remarkable talent is is represented uh, by the position of the violin in her hands, which is the position she took after she was done playing. So it's very tragic. Um, It's a a very... Sad, somber statue. Sad... It's a very sad statue. Oh, and also, no. when you look at it, oh hell back in its no. day, With I mean, statue. this would have been a very fancy, a very statue. hard statue to make, too. Yes. Wait, what is it made of? Italian marble. So the uh, the Marshall family was one of the oldest families in Centralia at the time. They came there in the 1850s, but Charles and his wife moved to Chicago after the death of Annie. E.B. moved back after his father died in 1922, but there are no longer any descendants in the Midwest. But it's super interesting because you can see where all the parts of the legend came from. Like, she did die at age 11. She did play the violin. Mm-hmm. Her father did kind of lose it when she passed. Like, what he wrote on her grave is super dark. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> like, life has no beauty that death cannot destroy. destroy. Like, what the hell? He was obviously very distraught by the death of his daughter. Um, her violin was never seen again. It could very well have been sold. Apparently, it was a really nice violin. But if he could afford the Italian marble headstone. Maybe he just couldn't handle it and he destroyed it. Possibly he could have destroyed it, but it could have been buried along with her. Uh There's no record of what she was buried with. But now the question is whether or not her grave is actually haunted. Obviously, people have claimed they've heard the music. Others say they've seen her glow. Some people have claimed they've seen her statue cry. There is green moss on her cheeks now. So I don't know if that's kind of that could be caused by moisture or it could just be that, you know, it's an old ass fucking statue and it looks like she's crying because she's got green moss running down her face. Many people still continue to visit her and place items on and around her grave. Yeah, there's dolls on the grave. Yeah, it's very rare to visit her and not find something there. When I was actually home last, like I said, I had my mom drive me out there. I took a picture with her. I'll show you. But also my friend Andrew and I went out there at night and we actually ran into like a bunch, a group of high school kids going out there. (laughs) So like the legend still exists. There's still people going out there. So actually yesterday I reached out on my Facebook and I asked people who knew current high school aged kids in Centralia. I saw this exchange and to ask them. Yeah. About her (laughs) just to see what. Like, just to see what they said. I got some great answers. One kid said, she's a freaking violin woman that died. She's creepy as crap. Her mom, like, beat her to death. If you take a picture of her, it'll reverse in the picture, whatever that means. You can hear her (laughs) violin play at night in the cemetery. That's all I know. We have to stop talking about it. It's freaking me out. (laughs) I'm just just picturing this, this, like, your friend just yelling to, like, her nephew. Hey, hey, what do you think about Violin Annie? What do you know about Violin Annie? (laughs) Uh, another kid said that they heard Annie was locked in the attic and forced to play up there, oh, and she ended up freezing to death. And that same graduate, um, 2011 graduate, so five years younger than me, said that her statue moves at night. So yeah, like like I said, you can see like all the elements of that legend and yeah. like what they evolved into. Like her father, very obviously, like had a hard time with it, and that evolved into like he went crazy which evolved into he went crazy and killed her yeah (laughs) 
But yeah, it's still like a major legend in our in our hometown. The statue. Um, it's a it's something. That yeah. is <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be a no for me, dog. Yeah, I'll take you there Ugh. next time we're in Illinois. So another thing that I wanted to touch on today is kind of what urban legends have turned into now. You know, back in the day, like nowadays, like we have the Internet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't need tales of like witches that lure us in with candy. Like we've seen Blair Witch Project and we have familywatchdog.com. Like we don't need those things to like teach us to not go in the woods by ourselves. Like we fucking know what's in the woods if we go in there by ourselves. So I was it got me thinking about like what urban legends are today. And I think urban legends today are like Facebook posts. Oh, absolutely. Like <laughs> Do you know fake what I news. mean? Exactly, but like real fake news. Yeah. Not like what Donald thinks is fake oh, news. <laughs> I fully I fully saw a fake news story that somebody posted about a cannery that somebody like slipped off their finger and it went in like in a can of in a can or something. and it was like clearly a fake news like not a website that you had any idea where it was from but people read it but and they people just share fully it reading it and just and like sharing it, it yeah. and not only are they like reading yeah. it and sharing it but then they're going and talking to their other friends and being like oh you wouldn't believe what i heard yeah. i heard that blah 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 and it's really kind of fascinating Especially since all it takes is a Google search, no, or yeah, all it takes yeah. is like a Snopes search. It takes, it takes five seconds yeah. to, to debunk I actually, that. I looked up on Snopes, actually. Snopes, for those of you who don't know, which you should know in this day and age, Snopes yeah. is a website where you can literally look up something and it will tell you if it's true or not, yeah. and how it's true or how it's false. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. But I looked up some of the top urban legends, some of the top fake posts going around on Snopes right now. And uh, a couple of them are like, for example, and I've seen this on Facebook, too, because like, I saw someone share this the other day. The LGBT group is adding a P to their name <laughs> to represent pedophiles. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, that's not happening. You know that would be a thing that we would do. Yeah. That all started when IHOP changed it to IHOB because it was International Hustle Burger. But could you imagine if that like was true? It's like, yep, here we here no. we are, LGBT P. LGBT P. Bringing out all the yeah, pedophiles at the, the Pride Parade because that's a thing. It's not a thing. Pedophilia is not a sexual orientation. Just- <laughs> <laughs> like, why? The thing is, is like, that's literally just homophobia. Yeah. Like, that's all that is, <laughs> yeah. is people yeah. being, you know, associating homosexuality to yeah. pedophilia because people are idiots. Another one, Portland City Council voted to allow furries to use dog parks in the same way uh. dogs do, making it legal for them to defecate and mate in the parks. Ooh, I love it. Okay, first of all, what? (laughs) This post literally started on a site called Real News Right Now that has other articles like FBI says Massachusetts woman used witchcraft to turn neighbor into a newt and Jesus Christ is being held at CIA black site in effort to delay 
Armageddon. Well, that so true. that is true, actually. <laughs> I read that. So yeah, and then there's another one. This one too to wrap it up. Uh, uh to wrap this portion up, the, mo- this Muslim principal in Richmond, Virginia, expelled oh, two children for wearing crucifixes. Oh, so if you notice a pattern here, a lot of oh, the yeah. this this type of new urban legend is anti-gay, anti-Muslim, anti-women, anti-other. And this is kind of urban legends are born out of fear. And this is kind of like what is fueling the fear in our country these days. Anti-immigration, anti... And yeah, when you think of the stuff that we're afraid of these days, it's other. Yeah, for sure. People that are other from us. People that are different from us. And that's kind of what urban legends have turned into is like the weird shit your grandma shares on Facebook. Yeah. Anyways. It's one of those things that, like, whenever I see this shared, I do want to like rebut it, but then I'm just like, is it, is, it, is it worth all the effort? Every once in a while, do you know what? I'll Facebook... like start typing a comment, yeah, and then, and then like, I just like, like back nope, delete, delete, delete. Like, but yeah. do you know what I've been seeing Facebook has been doing recently? Is that yes. they've been linking clearing, the yeah. Snoop's articles yes. right below, right below the it. shared articles. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I saw that, and it was actually a true article. It was the um. The Trump administration uh, allowing asbestos to be put back like oh, it's geez. allowed by the EPA right now. Oh, my God. Asbestos. I believe it. Um, ah. And there was a Snopes article right below it. And I was like, oh, thank God. And I clicked on it. And it was like, true. And I was like, no, oh, no, damn. that's not really? what I wanted to see at all. <laughs> yeah, that's it's totally crazy. true. So before we wrap it up. Do you have anything you really want to say about the movie Urban Legends? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember I went to Urban Legend. 12 years old, my little town. One of the very few midnight shows that our town had ever done at the time. It was on Halloween, and they showed Urban Legend. I had no idea. I had not. I was not that. I was not as sophisticated as I am now about <laughs> researching movies. Right. I went into it blind. Out. No idea. That's the only way to go into that movie. And wow. I remember walking into the Judith Theater, and the ticket taker was dressed in as. the Eskimo. The coat was in the parka. She was taking tickets. Also, what's hilarious about that movie, how many people have that coat? Oh, I was thinking about that. Oh, yeah, like numerous red herrings of people that just have a parka. Seven at least characters in the movie have the same coat. (laughs) To throw you off, I guess, on like who the killer is, but it's so many people have this coat. And it is not like a nor it's not like that white puffy coat that everyone had in high school. No. It is not a coat that everyone has. Well, you know what I was reading about that? Um when they were making the movie, the script uh, wrote it to be winter and just shooting they couldn't shoot it in the winter right but they still had the parka so they're just like well fuck it just fuck just, it who just keep cares? the parka like no one's cares? gonna watch this nobody movie cares and be like, <laughs> like the uh, consistency just, just, just keep is it, up. just keep it in the parka even though there's like leaves in the trees who cares right i yeah. will say that the opening scene to that movie is one of my favorite horror movie scenes of all time I think it is so good with Brad Dorif. And oh, okay, essentially, yeah. yeah, this woman pulls up to a gas station. She's got the axe guy in the back seat. Yes. Right. Well, th- you don't know that. Well, like, you just a, see this whole, crazy it's guy. It's a bait and switch. It's going one way. And then, Yes. Oh. And you see this, like, creepy gas station attendant played by Brad Dorif, who's my favorite person Uncredited on Uncredited in the movie. Not Uncredited. Yep. 
the, and he's, the one the one Oscar nominee in that whole in that whole uh, cast. And he's not credited. Like yeah. what what are you doing? For those of you who don't know who Brad Dorf is, he's Billy Bibbit in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um he's also in The Exorcist Three. He's also in the Halloween, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. He's in a ton of stuff. So he is this creepy gas station attendant. And he tells this like young college age girl, it's like pouring down rain. He's pumping her gas because this was back in the day when like you didn't pump your own gas. And he's telling her credit card doesn't work. She's got to come in and like check it out and give him like the credit card companies on the phone. They want to talk to you. Super creepy guy. Also has a stutter. Didn't mention that important detail. He has this horrible stutter. So she goes in to this building, picks up the phone it's just dial tone. So she knows this creepy ass guy in the middle of nowhere in this pouring rain has lured her into this gas station. So she like bites him and like she, sprays she, him with mace she and like her, she brought her pepper spray. Yeah, brought her pepper spray because she knows she's in college. She's a she's a hip girl at a hip college. Yeah. So she busts out of the gas station, runs to her car, gets in her car. Brad Dorif is like puts on her Bonnie Tyler puts on her blaring Bonnie Tyler tape to speed away. Holy clips of the heart. And Brad Dorif is chasing after her through the parking lot. He can't get the words out because he has a stutter. <laughs> It's the best. Uh, it's the best. And right after that, you see someone appear right behind her in the back seat with an axe. He was trying to save her. It's the fucking best. So I'll say for the for the post scream ripoffs, it's probably right. the best. Certainly, it's probably the best. <laughs> I think it's it's pretty well made. It's very well directed. Yeah, there's just kind of just like fun moments in it. Yeah. People getting yeah. picked off by Rebecca Urban Gayhart Legends. gives an insane over the top performance at the She's end of that wonderful. movie. Just like over Joshua Jackson to the gods. Joshua Jackson oh, bleached hair. Bleached hair. Joshua Jackson horrible, horrible facial hair. <laughs> Alicia Witt from Sybil. Gorgeous, gorgeous Jared Leto. Did you know that I read that um, Reese Witherspoon turned down the well, Tara Reid role? No, good for her. she she Tara turned down Reed. she turned down like the like the, uh, the Loretta Divine role. <laughs> turned down the Loretta Divine role. Um, the no, sassy black she, security Loretta guard. Divine's she turned down the Alicia Ritt role. Oh, Man, okay. I was trying to find a Loretta Divine gif of uh, Urban Legend, my ass Urban from Legend, Urban Legend my Two, ass. Final Cut. <laughs> yes, and I could not find it. She makes it to the sequel, Loretta Divine. She does, she, of course, oh, she does. That's good. And and I love <laughs> in the movie they call campus security for like something that should be like the police department. Yeah. Like call nine one one. She just shows up. No. Do you know I was interviewing Jennifer Morrison once, and I just wanted to ask her about Urban Legend Two: The Final Cut the I... entire time. <laughs> like, and I didn't, and I uh, and I regret it to this with day. What about uh, Robert England's in it too? Yes, Robert England plays uh, their oh, teacher. Don't get oh, don't right. get Pete started on that on that bullshit like college class that. You probably would have just walked out of. Oh, it was a class on Urban Legends, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yes, it's the one where they where um he makes uh, Joshua Jackson eat pop rocks and drink soda. Yeah, <laughs> but just like, but just like, this is a class. Could just imagine just people in this class just being like, "What the? Fuck I is paid going for on? this. Do like, you know how much? School? Do you know how much on? I paid for my college right? education? And you're teaching me about the the kid on the Life cereal commercials <laughs> who supposedly fucking died." And now you're making me eat Pop Rocks and drink soda? <laughs> when I do this at home every night for kicks. <laughs> yeah, I do this This nightly. is dessert. 
<laughs> I live on the edge. I live on the edge. Wow. Um, this has been anyways, our Urban Legends Minute. This has been our <laughs> Urban Legends Minute. And anyways, I fully have pre-ordered the Shout Factory Blu-ray. Yeah, of Urban Legends. That's going to be out As in November. Should everyone else? It's classic. You get a free poster when you. It all boiled down to this. When you pre-order it, it all boiled down to this plug for uh, the Urban Legends Blu-ray, the Shout Factory, their back catalog. <laughs> Take a look, everybody. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on the show again. Thanks for having us. It's your second on. time. It's or your second time. Your third time. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yep. You guys should come on again. Just come on every week. Okay. We're gonna be like the we're gonna be like the Juds. Yes. Of, of, <laughs> of keep it weird. <laughs> we could. I don't know which one's the Naomi and which one's the Wayne. I don't know. Well, I'm the Naomi. Obviously. Isn't there a third? Yeah. I'll be Ashley. Well, Judd. Be Ashley. Well, Ashley's the <laughs> Ashley's the sister that was was deprived and she was a child and then later made it big as an actress. Yes, and Ashley Judd, boy, what an actress she is. Mm-hmm. I like Ashley Judd. Do you really? What about her. Double Jeopardy? Uh, <laughs> That's with stri- Tommy Lee Jones. That string of movies she did with, <laughs> with uh, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Silence of the Lamb ripoffs. Like, like yeah. the white woman in trouble. Exactly. Right, maybe. I'll rethink that. And Double Jeopardy, first of all, the plot of that movie, that is not how the law works. I <laughs> might want to consult with your lawyer yeah, before you- Yeah, you might want to consult with your you lawyer before you watch this movie <laughs> and think that it's um, fine. So thank you guys so much for listening. Pete is obviously the uh, one of the hosts of- very special television, yes, the podcast, which we, Lauren and I, who's not here, I like pointed to an empty chair. <laughs> Lauren and I guested on last season and hopefully yes, we'll be on again oh, very soon yes, because that was so much fun. We to do the so weird Punky Brewster episode. I will absolutely she goes on a do the quest. Punky Brewster episode. We have some things quest. in mind for uh, for the two of you to come back onto the show. Perfect. To, the last time we episodes. were on, we did uh, Family Matters. We did, did steve <laughs> Haunted Urkel. That was one of the worst hours of television I've ever seen. And uh, Scott works at Trader Joe's. Come see me at TJ's. <laughs> I'm like in Pasadena. No, Scott, you are. Uh, are you still writing? Are you still do? Uh, I am movie writing. Review? I, yeah, I I don't do it as much anymore, but I I still write movie reviews. Cool. Yeah, I just saw the Spy Who Dumped Me last and? week, and I liked it a lot. <laughs> I had a good time. I had a good time. Do I don't you... see why people are like writing off. Do you have a specific site that you? I read for Screen Picks. Screen Picks. Okay, well, we'll can, post some of your reviews, yeah, actually. Um, on, also, you can follow me at OscarScott2000 on Twitter. Insta. Insta. And you are, are, are you Pete Les, Peter, Peter Lasagna? Lasagna? But you can also follow me at Very Special Television yes. on Instagram. VSTV. And you can also follow at Very Special Television uh, on Facebook and Best Men Media on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, my personal Instagram is uh, at Peter Lasagna, and that's <laughs> Twitter as well at Peter Lasagna. Uh, so you can go ahead and find me there. But listen to very special television hashtag VSTV or on iTunes. Give Stitcher, five stars. All that great yes, stuff. please give do. It's such a funny. And while you're at it, show. give keep it weird. Oh yeah, also yeah. our five show. Stars. I guess this was just a two-hour ad for our show, though. <laughs> Check out our Etsy page at www.etsy.com/shop slash keep it weird podcast if you want to purchase some merch head over to patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast to find out ways to donate to the show and get newsletters bonus episodes and so much more follow us on instagram and twitter at keep it weird cast and our facebook page keep it weird we post a bunch of spooky weird stuff all the time scott pete what's our sign off 
our sign off is toodaloo toot toot toot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of the music. What is the sign off? It's. it's da, 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 da. Seems like, like the Jack in the Box. Oh, our music. I thought you meant the violin from oh, Buffy yeah. the Vampire <laughs> Slayer. Yep. Like, we talked about this. <laughs> I, I just think of Violin Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Toodaloo. 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 Keep it weird. Keep it weird. Keep it weird, everybody.